Welcome back to the Renaissance, uh, episode 48, Ray. Yes, still liquored up. Uh, the whiskey from last Wednesday, amazingly, is still with me. Feeling pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Did you bring any home with you? Are you sitting there having a nibble? I No, no, I'm not going to pull the old medicine trick. The bottle I bought last week is only half gone, so I'm not going to buy any more and to bring home until... Um, I want this to turn into a hobby, but not a problem. So I'm going to... I didn't bring anything home, but I did bring home some of their finer glasses to uh, <laughs> to drink the whiskey in. So I'm, I'm starting my own collection. It's a great place. Well, I look forward to coming over and visiting yeah. it at some time. Um, now, uh, in the last episode, uh, we finished up talking about the war on Luca. Yeah. Went badly. Uh, Florence <laughs> spent $25 million bribing <laughs> Francesco Sforza to leave Luca, but right. the Visconti of Milan, Alyssa, Alyssa Milano, uh, just sent another condottieri, Picconino, to take Sforza's place. Picconino defeated Florence. The, Flor- the, the Lucchese directed a river towards Florence. It was just complete clusterfuck. Right. And um, this, is, this is in 1430. Uh, Cosimo thinks, ooh, people are going to be pissed about this. He gets yeah. the fuck out of Florence, goes up to Verona in the very north of Italy uh, till things quieten down. But while right. he's away... His number one rival at this stage in Florence, Ronaldo degli Albici, who is very unpopular because he's being accused of being a war profiteer, <laughs> right. uh, says, "Oh, me? What about Cosimo? Whoa, no! Look, yeah. don't look. You don't like. We got bigger problems right now. Listen, okay, we'll get to the whole war right. profiteering thing, but uh, Cosimo, Cosimo's gone to Verona to raise an army." He's going to come right. back and take over the city. We need we need to be prepared yeah. to defend ourselves from Cosimo and his brother Lorenzo and their cousin Avarado, Avocado. <laughs> you know, Avocado <laughs> Medici is going to come back and right. smear his slightly nutty, <laughs> fruity, green goodness all over <laughs> our toast and mix it with a little bit of uh, Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> A little bit of salt and pepper. Oh. Yeah. Delicious. (laughs) (laughs) So I get that man some breakfast. All he's got is coffee. Yeah, so so Ronaldo's like, yeah, I know, don't get me wrong. I look forward to being able to clear my name of this this slander against me, but you're right. Let's talk about let's talk about Cosimo. He doesn't care about the people. That's bullshit. He's he's gonna come back with a foreign army. We have to get ready for this. And so but here's the tricky part. Because he's just saying this. And he knows that Florence is massively worked up. The people are, they just know, they just freaking know they're going to have to pay for another second war that they lost. So Ronaldo can focus that anger at Cosmo. However, hearsay is not enough. The, uh, this, this guy, Ronaldo, who is the head oligarch, knows he's going to need all of his allies on his side if he has any chance of punishing Cosmo. The question is, does he have all his allies on his side at this very critical moment when the town is just ready to burst in either revolution, civil war, who knows what. But he's got to make sure he has all his allies on the side before he moves forward. Sounds to me like you've got some hungry pussy there in the background, Ray. 
Let me go satisfy my pussy. I'll be right back. Give me, this shouldn't take no more than 10 seconds. That's normally what it is. Might satisfy himself in 10 seconds. I'm not sure he's ever satisfied any pussy in 10 seconds, but. Yeah. Uh, the life of a podcaster. Okay, this is a Noah's Ark. Oh. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> now. Uh, Ronaldo thought he would be able to get the rest of the oligarchy on his side because they were all a little bit worried about the Medici. They were sort of up-and-comers. They were the new kids on the block still, (laughs) and the rest of the powerful families wanted to to keep them in their place. But old Papa Joe Medici, Giovanni had done a good job of preparing for this day. He knew this day would come. So he had married his boys into old, powerful families. Mm -hmm. On top of that, Cozzy had friends in his humanist knitting circle that he'd go to every (laughs) Thursday night who were also from some of the old families. And, of course, they had been loaning money to many of the old families who owed them, so... He, so Albizzi doesn't find it as easy as he thought it would be to turn the oligarchy against the Medici. So he then goes to the city's leading elder statesman, Papa Joe's old enemy, Niccolo da Ozzano. He tried to stop Papa Joe from becoming gonfalonieri many years earlier. He's still around, Ozzano. Wow. Uh, but even even Uzzano doesn't buy Albici's conspiracy theory that the Medici were going to come back with an army. Um, and he didn't think it was possible to get rid of the Medici anyway. He said, look, they've got too many friends, yeah. too many people like them, the, the Popolo Minuto like them, the little people, the dwarfs, the, 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 the Ray Harrises, they, they <laughs> like them. They're just too well entrenched, and yeah, it's too late. Uzzano suspected that with the Medici gone, the Albici might try and install themselves as the tyrants ah, right. of Florence. Yeah. So you know, and, and I think I talked about this a couple of episodes ago. It's important to keep in mind that uh, tyrants were the norm in Italy at this stage. A republic was highly unusual. Florence, before mm-hmm. Luca got one, thanks to Sforza, right. the, uh, Florence was the only republic. So, yeah, I mean, everyone expected that uh, the, the, the republic of Florence would crumble at some stage and be replaced with a tyrant of one sort or another. It was just a question of when that would happen, not if, it was a question of when. And Uzzano thinks, well, if it's not the Medici, it's probably going to be you guys, the Albici. So he refused to support the plot to overthrow the Medici, and so it went nowhere for the moment. 
Right, because Ronaldo knows, you know, the old saying, if you're going to kill the king, make sure you kill the king. And he doesn't have enough people on his side. He doesn't have this elderly statesman on his side, but Cosimo is still gone. So it becomes a political stalemate. And from what I gather, Cosimo is gone in Verona for quite some time. I don't know if you have um, what he was doing for a couple of months but but I know this is going to go on for almost a year, so I didn't want to go too far. But um, yeah, he's he's going to be away for quite a while because I mean, Florence is in a mess. They got massive debts. They've lost lost the last two wars. Someone might come at them. The whole place is just a clusterfuck. So Cosimo, wisely or not, stays out of town. Hey, yo, lesson here, babe. You come at the king, you best not miss. and that's a good thing to remember oh my in the house yeah (laughs) um so unfortunately within a year niccolo de azzano is dead uh but cosi does return to florence and florence is in chaos the city treasury is bankrupt damn now normally when when the city ran out of money, the city's leading citizens would loan it money uh-huh. at high interest rates. Right. But at this juncture, nobody believes the city is going to survive long enough to pay back a loan. Oh, shit. So no one wants to loan it money. <laughs> right. They think, well, either, either Milan's... We're so weakened now after losing two battles in a row and we're right. bankrupt, so we can't even hire another condottieri like Svorza. Yeah, when they bought off Svorza, they didn't even they didn't even bribe him to fight for them. They just bribed <laughs> him to go away. It wasn't even <laughs> like guys, come and fight for us. It was just to leave. They're not military geniuses. I'm I'm sorry to say. But you're right. They said, hey, you know, this is a lot of money. Yeah. Maybe you could fight for us? Could you could you switch jerseys? That'd be great. Thanks. Yeah, they said, "Can you give us Luca? No. Can you come and fight for us? Mm, no. no. Could you just go away? Okay, that I'll just I'll go away. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> or they thought maybe Florence would would be taken over by a tyrant who wouldn't pay back the loan because right. why would you bother if you're a tyrant? Uh, yeah. So Cosimo immediately orders the Medici Bank to cover the city's expenses. Wow. He comes in, saves the day. Don't worry about it, folks. Got your back. I will provide the money to keep the city running. Anything we need, yeah. I've got it. I'm covered. Here's, it's like here's my black going card. out to dinner with yeah. Tony Tony right. Tony Coniston in yeah. Rome. Don't worry about it. It's covered. Everyone relax. Put your wallets away. Your money's no good here. Kino's in town. But he did not buy us those golden crowns, whatever they were, um, at... The Colosseum, the laurels, golden, the laurels, the golden, golden laurels. laurels. No, yes. I mean, we to be to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, we didn't ask him to. That's tall. But uh, <laughs> shit, you found the flaw. You found the Florentine flaw. We yeah. did not ask. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Didn't ask him to. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> now, uh, obviously, Cosimo bails out the entire city here. The Damn. very popular with the people. Yeah. But the makes the elite even more suspicious. Uh oh, what's he up to? Yeah. He's making himself popular. Oh, he's doing nice things. What's going on here? Right. 
he's probably got a cunning plan <laughs> doing nice things. No one does nice things. What does he know that we right. don't know? Every No one else wants to loan the city money, but he's loaning the city money. He must know something. Now, so there's all these plots and rumours going around. Now, Florence's war with Luca was a bit like the assassination of Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> right. It set off a string of conflicts across Italy. Yeah. Um, Venice declared war on Milan. Milan had to pull its support from Luca to defend itself. Mm-hmm. Genoa, uh, it's the city that's really up the top of the boot on the left-hand side, right. it sent a fleet to Pisa, Florence's main port. It was going to try and invade Florence, but got defeated by a coalition of Venetians and Pisans. So it's all going on. Yeah. Uh, after this attack on Lucca in 1430, Italy breaks out wall-to-wall war. Yeah. Lasts for a better part of three years. Jeez. Costs a fortune. Right. Uh, and in April of 1433, after three years of war, a peace deal is signed by all parties and they all go back to the status quo from 1430. So no one wins any territory. They just spent <laughs> a complete fortune Massive fighting debt. wars for three years, yeah. gained nothing. And, of course, the war was largely financed by the Medici, for Florence anyway, and probably other cities as well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to say, as as uh, just as an observer of all this, you're right. So this war goes on for almost three years. They pretty much go back to the status quo. Everybody signs the uh, everybody signs the peace treaty. But again, you know, besides money changing hand, and now a lot of debt is owed all over northern Italy. You still have a lot a lot of dead people. You have a lot of wounded, and you have a lot of lives that have been destroyed in this war. So again, just this insane um, movement that really no one, momentum that no one knows how to stop. It doesn't lead anywhere. Nothing gets improved for anybody. No, no land changes hands. It's over with. And of course, it's the commoners who not only suffered during the war, but the people in Florence, the common man knows, they just fucking know they're going to have to pay to some degree, to help try to get Florence financially back up on his feet. Cosimo can throw his money around for a while, but at the end of the day, it's the poor people that pay for wars, one way or the other. Well, and the, and the, and the rich now with the Castado, but yes, yeah, somebody needs to pay. Yeah. Um, you know, the Medici will loan the city money, but uh, they want to get it paid back yeah. somehow, somewhere, at some time, and it... Interest rates, yeah, yeah high interest. Yeah. Now, uh, to distract, uh, well, what, once the war's over uh, in 1433, uh, and there's nothing to distract people anymore, Florence goes back to its internal rivalries. So there are rival factions, rich guy on rich guy action, <laughs> um, and it gets pretty gets pretty brutal right. in 1433. Blame, blame is flying around. Uh, the, the Albizzi are blaming the Medici. The Medici are blaming the Al- Albizzi. Um, it's all getting quite nasty, so much so that at night, powerful families are staying locked up in their palazzi, Jeez. which now are being redesigned more than ever to look like fortresses. Right. Windows high above the ground have got bars on them. There are large wooden iron-studded gates 
instead of doors. They're built to withstand sieges. It's uh, they're 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 you know they're ready to go to war. These guys. And not only that, but when you have the tension, this political tension that lasts all summer long, and now that it is summer, it's hot, it's humid. Because uh, we were there in the summer, it was freaking hot. Uh, you know, tempers are starting to flare. Nobody is safe anymore. You can't just say, "I'm one of your social superiors. Don't lay your hands on me." Even these more basic rules are starting to break down in this political tension. And Albici starts rumors about Cosimo again. He says, look, he dresses simply when he walks around just so he doesn't look rich. Uh. And everyone was like, well, duh. <laughs> and he said, look, he, he donates to the Popolo Minuto because he wants to make them like him. And people were like, well, <laughs> duh again. Like, yeah. That's weird. He said they plastered the Medici insignia all over everything. And they're guilty as charged with this. He's basically, they were like an early version of Trump. It was Medici Plaza, Medici Hotels, Medici right. Stakes, <laughs> Medici University. Ties. I am honestly shocked that there still isn't a big Trump sign over the White House. I, I, I believe it will happen. Just a question of when. When he's made king. I like this one. Yeah. Uh, um, Albici said the the Medici had even emblazoned even the monks' privies with his balls. <laughs> Who hasn't done that? Oh, you mean the emblem? A monk's privy, <laughs> yeah, and his balls being the emblem, yeah. Um, and as you say, though, over the over the months of summer, uh, there was a growing number of violent incidents. Victims were often the leaders of the top families. And according to rumours at the time, the the perps committing these murders were men from the Medici quarter, the San Giovanni quarter of Florence. The Medici were sending their guys out to whack rival factions, leaders of rival factions, at least so said the rumours at the time. Then one night in May of 1433, only a month after the peace deal was signed, the doors of the Medici Palazzo were daubed with blood. Now, oh, right. right? Yeah, I know you're you're a brave you're a brave warrior, despite your diminutive size right. and you, well, you, you should see me lack of that lack of muscle muscle right. tone. Right. Oh, yeah. With the, Cup, few whiskeys in you. Um, oh, I'm ready to go. But if if you woke up, if you woke up one day yeah. and somebody had painted your door with blood, right, right, uh, what would be your first reaction? Uh, step one, get a box. No, uh, step one, you go back to the whiskey. Step two, wet myself. Step three, clean myself. Step four, get the fuck. <laughs> Out of town because I received your warning, sir. And as much as uh, I'd like to think I'm a badass, clearly I've crossed a line, or you're ready to cross a line, and, and it's time for me to go with me and mine. That's me. I'm a lover, not a fighter, but what would you do? Yeah, I would have done it in a different order. I would have wet myself first, then drank the whiskey <laughs> while I was running away, 
I wouldn't have bothered cleaning myself up until I was pretty sure I was safe in a safe room So we're both somewhere. cowards. All right. <laughs> Locked All down. Right. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, Cosimo also uh, was a coward or smart, depending on how you want to read it. He got the fuck out of Dodge immediately. He went up to Joe's old villa, El Trebillo in the Mugello, mm-hmm. which was uh, now a converted fort. He'd had... Um, Michelozzo restore it in 1329, gave it a windowless tower, a moat, a drawbridge, and a, a, a walkway around the whole thing, like uh, up high. Right. So good thinking. Uh, you you got to <laughs> hand it to the Medici. Like they planned ahead for these sorts of things. Right. So he had his own little castle. And, you know, the good thing, he's out in the country you can get up in your tower. You can see if there's an army coming. You can prepare. Right. Um, he went to it. That was his version of a safe room or a safe house. Now, today, by the way, mm-hmm. the El Trebillo is owned by a private individual and it has a winery on the land and you can visit. So, um, nice. definitely, go there. next time yeah. we go to Florence, we're going to go to El Trebillo. And, uh, you know, do lunch down at the old how, Medici Villa. I think that would be how, f- fucking awesome. Oh, that would be awesome. How much would we have to pay to do a mock storming of that place? I just would like to try that one time just uh, just for the experience, and then we'll go in and have a glass of wine. It's probably the deluxe package, but I don't know. That would be – yeah, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Dress up, storm it. Get shot at with arrows, the whole so, deal. The full let, experience. Let, yeah. Right, let me ask you this real quick before we go before we go on. The blood on the doors. Now, you've read the Bible. You've uh, made the Bible a part of your life. That seems, and I'm sure all these foreign Christian Catholics knew the Bible. So I guess they were doing the opposite of what's in Exodus, Exodus 12, where you put the blood on the doors so the angel of death will know to pass by your door and not, you know, so Passover. And so the firstborn males won't be killed there. So I guess uh, they were just kind of reversing Exodus 12 by going, you will die. Um, and this blood on the door is our warning to you. So get out or you won't be alive very much longer. I just, I just, that just bothered me as these people were supposed to be Christians. But as you and I well know, this is business, this is politics and you, you do what you got to do to win. Yeah, the blood on the door, Ray. Who was that for? Who was that for? That was for the people that, oh God, I'm going back to Sunday school here. The people that were were adhering to God and his warning and to make sure that they were passed over. So the Egyptians were the ones who lost their firstborn males. Something like that. And... The people that God wanted to protect were the um, begins Jews begins with the J. <laughs> oh, Jews, Jews right. gotcha. Thank okay, you. And I read too much into that. Okay, I just remember were the Flo- yeah. were the Florentines Jews, right? Um, only when it came to business. I can't believe I said that. No, no, they were not. They were Ooh. not Jews, and I retract. I retract. They were not Jews. Jews. Mm. Now, with Cosimo out of town again, Albici makes his next move. He runs a dirty election of the Signoria. Seven 
out of the nine men elected were his supporters, as is the new Gonfalonieri who had his tax debts paid by Albici so he could be a candidate. Debtors couldn't run for election. Imagine if we had a law where you could not hold elected office if you had any debts. Oh, shit. Nobody would be president. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? But they said, the Florentines were saying, well, listen, if you owe people money, you can be easily bribed, so you, you can't run for elected office if you have any debts. Of course, flaw to that cunning plan was, well, people could bribe you by Thank paying you. off your debts. How is uh, so? Then you could run for office. How is there not a law against this? But there isn't. It's just the if you have debts, you can't run for office. His is paid off. He is a bought and paid man. And and when September comes in this year, he is going to be the leader um, for for whatever the, the what what did you tell me was the short term? Is it sixty days, thirty days, ninety days? I can't remember. But I, yeah, something like sixty days. Sixty days. I think. That sounds right. Yeah. So so he's so Albizzi's got a cunning plan. He owns the lead guy. He's got seven of the nine guys of the Signoria. So this is looking pretty good for him. And again, Cosimo is gone. How 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 can this not work for him? And the Signoria had the power of life and death over Florentine, so they could easily order the execution of Cosimo yeah. or they could bankrupt Cosimo, yeah. they could bankrupt the bank. Yeah. They can pretty much do anything. They have uh, a huge amount of power. So time is running out for yeah. the Medici. But Cosimo wasn't sitting on his hands in the Mugello. <laughs> he was sitting on his slave's hands because... That's what you do. Why would you sit on your own hands if 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 you have slaves? Exactly. Yeah, he's like, slave, come here. Let me <laughs> let me sit on your hands. Keep my butt cheeks massaged at all times. Got to. I can't right. think without my butt cheeks oh. being gently squeezed. Gently. Yeah. Shh, don't talk. Don't talk. Just, just don't look into my eyes. Just just gently I, squeeze I'm in. Getting, I'm getting out, aroused. In. Out. In. Hold. A bit more in. Hold. Out. Okay, release. Yeah. Yeah. He was secretly moving money out of Florence while this is going on. Now, moving money out of Florence in 1433 wasn't as easy as pulling out your iPhone, uh, (laughs) logging on to internet banking and just transferring funds. He literally had to get carts and and pick up physical gold and Damn. move it around secretly at night. He was obviously worried that the Signoria might come and just take all of their money. So he's secretly sneaking money out of the various places he's got it stashed in Florence. Because when you run a bank back in those days, you need to have cash on hand. People come and say, hey, I, I want to... Th- loan of 10,000 florins, you have to literally give them bags of coins. You can't just write them a check. Bags of coins. So he's got a lot. He's got Fort Knox (laughs) up in there, and he's got to secretly sneak it out at night. Bit like Heather trying to sneak (laughs) D'Angelo. D'Angelo. I was going to say Alfonso. I was going to say (laughs) D'Angelo. 
in and out of the bedroom while you're asleep in it at yeah. night. And that's why she's going, yeah, have another whiskey, right? Have another one. Yeah, least, yeah have another, more whiskeys. Have more whiskeys, yeah, right? No, no, it's good you. for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good for the throat. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're a good friend. So he's moving thousands of gold florins uh, <laughs> to Rome, Venice, and to, a little bit closer to home, Benedictine and Dominican monasteries around Tuscany. Right. Where uh, they can be, you know, fairly close to hand if he needs them. So, I'm sorry, I just have to ask. So what you're telling me is these monks, uh, monasteries, whoever, these religious orders, I can trust them with my gold, but I can't trust them with my children. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're more tempted by the children. Um, okay, thank you. Y- yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's hard to stick your dick in a piece of gold. <laughs> oh um, children, on the other hand, oh, it's a lot easier. Yeah. That was <laughs> sorry. That was basically the first, the only question you needed to answer when you wanted to become a Benedictine monk. They were like, do you like to stick your dick in little children? Yes, I do. Okay, come on in. Here's your, Join up. Here's your cow. Yeah. Now, if the signoria tried to take his shit, they're going to find it's all gone. Now, another good piece of news for the Medici is that Pope Marty had died. Right. Uh, and he'd been succeeded by Eugenius IV. Oh, nice name. Again, I think that's a very funny name for a pope. Oh, you genius. Yes, I am. I, I managed to make myself pope. I am a genius. Right. Uh, and he kept the Medici as the papal bankers. So the Medici have the Vatican on their side. Ooh. So nobody's going to dare try and take gold stored at a monastery because right. you're definitely definitely going to get the Vatican as an enemy if you start attacking monasteries. So he's making sure that the Medici Bank is going to survive an attack. But will he survive an attack? That's a different question. Let me ask, before we go on, um, did you read about Pope Eugene? I'm just going to call him Eugene because it sounds slightly less ridiculous than Eugenius. Uh, Did you read about Pope Eugene? Because I think I told you this before. Because we've been talking together for so long, when I hear things in my voice, and I hear it in my brain, it's your voice. Did we talk about the Council of Basel, Basil, before? I honestly can't remember. We, yeah, we have talked about uh, okay. him and that before, okay. I think, in an earlier episode, yes. Because that, that, that was very fascinating for me. Just literally, it was nothing more than power and money. It had nothing to do with God. It had nothing to do with helping the people, serving the people, make sure they made their way to heaven. I, I just found his, his, I just did a short bio on him, and I just found it very fas- fascinating that it was all about, you know, the Benjamins, as you said, ad nauseum. And we also talked about him uh, and slavery in a previous oh, episode. Right. He was the guy, I think he was the guy that said, um, listen, you can take slaves as long as they're pagan right. slaves. You can't enslave Christians or anyone who's converted to Christianity. Um, but, you know, you can, you, can, you can enslave pagans all you like because fuck them, <laughs> what are they good for? Yeah. I just wanted to mention this. Um, yeah, I just wanted to mention this one thing. And, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
After you. Oh, I just wanted to mention this one thing because I just found it interesting, and, and you probably covered it, but before he was given the position of Pope, you know, before he gets elected by the Cardinals, this is very quickly after Martin V dies, he pretty much had to promise the Cardinals that he would give them, if he is made Pope, one half of all the revenues of the church, which obviously is a massive amount of money each year, and also that he would consult with them on all important questions, spiritual and temporal, because as you talked about last time with the Council of Basel, Basel, I'm not sure how to say it, it was all about who was who had the supreme power, the Pope or the Council, and just the fact that he had to promise to give away so much to make to become Pope, and again, it's just indicative of everything that's wrong with the organized religion. And I'm off of my soapbox now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he uh, came from a rich yeah. family, Gene. <laughs> uh, and when his his um, uncle, I think, uh, Pope Greg the Twelfth, yeah, um, is the one that sort of brought him along. He made him, I think, a bishop at age twenty four. Yeah. Um. And uh, when he becomes, so he's he's got money. Uh, when he becomes uh, pope, he turns on the relatives of the former pope. I, I said in a previous episode when Marty became pope, Marty was from that rich Roman Colonna right. family that were friends of Petrarch. When uh, Marty became pope, he sort of brought all of his family along with him, gave them titles and made them all cardinals and bishops yeah. and gave them castles and lands and all that kind of stuff. Now, when uh, Pope Eugene comes along, he basically attacks all of Pope Marty's relatives and takes all of their shit oh. back off them again. And, you know, it's 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 quite violent and bloody. So in, in, in the history, good history of Christianity, a lot of, <laughs> lot of violence and bloodshed going on there and corruption, rich people, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, oh, God. But yeah, his his election also has a lot to do with uh, the conciliarism movement, where there was this fight between who held the supreme authority in the church, whether it was the pope or the ecumenical council. Oh, right. So you know, he's he's that that goes on for centuries, um, and he's a big part of trying to resolve that. Anywho, so. Um, He's kept on the Medici as his bankers. Now, during the first week of September 1433, Cosimo, still hiding out in his fortress in the Mugello, receives an urgent summons from the new gonfalonieri, Bernardo Guadani, who's recently had all of his tax debts paid for by <laughs> Ronaldo Deli Albici. Right. He says, look, you have to come to the city immediately. Uh, yeah. We're going to throw a lunch in your honour. Uh, we have some important decisions that we need you to be involved in. Right. Come, come quickly. Yeah. We need come you. Often, come quickly. And because he's a dutiful, loyal son of Florence, Cosimo goes straight there. And according to his diary, he arrived on September 4th. He reaches Florence. And like a good Florentine, he goes straight to the Signoria to... Um, to report as requested or ordered. Now, a lot of his friends who had been listening to our show tried to talk <laughs> him out of this, saying, look, it's rule no, no. rule number two yeah. is you don't attend a meeting that you're called to, right. lunch, dinner. He said, well, I'm not sure Brunch. there's going to be food. They're like, still, no, just don't, yeah. you know, don't go. Yeah. 
Um, but he decides to go, as you say, because you know he's like, "Fuck it!" Like I'm not gonna. I'm not. A, I'm, I may be a coward, <laughs> but I'm not that much of a coward. Right. I mean, it's not going to look good if I don't go. Also, I mean, to put a practical spin on it, if you get summoned by the Signoria and you refuse to attend, yes. that could probably be portrayed as treason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's just giving them justification to attack the Medici Bank and the Medici right. family. So anyway, he decides to go. When he gets to Florence, he immediately goes to the Palazzo della Signoria. Now, here's something <clears throat> that I, I, I learned during the week. I mentioned in an earlier episode that the Palazzo della Signoria, mm-hmm. where the Signoria would meet, is now called the Palazzo Vecchio. Right. Do you remember what the Palazzo Vecchio means? Um, no. No, what does it mean? It's the old palace. Vecchio is old. The Ponte Vecchio we mm. walked over is the old bridge. Okay. The Palazzo Vecchio is the old palace. Do you know why it's called the old palace? Is there a new one? <laughs> yeah, and you've been to it. <laughs> Actually, I think, I think you came, went to it. Did you go to the Palazzo Pitti where the Boboli Gardens were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fat midget on the turtle? Yes. You were there with us? Yeah. Yes. The, that statue of you on a turtle. Um, so many years after when we're talking about now, I know there's a bit of a spoiler alert, but after Cosimo has taken over Florence and installed himself <laughs> as the tyrant, which everyone said he was going to do, he's like, no, no, what, are you kidding? No. Talk. After he does that, he takes over the Palazzo della Signoria and he lives in it. He goes, this is my palace now. Um, then... <laughs> He gets tired of that and he builds a new palace, a better palace, tremendous palace, really great palace, which is the Palazzo Pitti that we've been to. Oh. And so uh, that becomes the palace and the old palace becomes the old oh. palace, which is why it's the Palazzo Vecchio because it was Cosimo's old palace. He promoted himself. So there you okay. go. Anywho, yeah. Anyway, now Cosimo arrives in Florence. Now, I don't know about you, Ray, but when I picture this in my mind, mm-hmm. I imagine that he rides up alone on a horse to like a small whiskey bar in a one-horse town, <laughs> right. like you going to a whiskey bar right. in your one-horse town. Right. Hitches his horse to the post outside, <laughs> Yeah, walks casually through the swinging doors. <laughs> Strings his hat. <laughs> yeah. Walks in. The piano player suddenly stops playing Oh My Darling Clementine. The whores stop sucking guys' dicks in the corner. Mid-suck. They just sort of, they're mid down the shaft. They stop. They slowly, everyone's head slowly turns and looks at him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which pisses Al Swearingen off because he's like, keep sucking that dick. Um, Cosimo saunters slowly up to the bar. Yeah. Says... Pushes his hat up with one finger. <laughs> I believe you fellas wanted to see me. Furtive glances all around. Right. Someone goes for his gun. Cosimo pulls out two six-shooters. Somehow manages to shoot 20 guys with only 12 bullets. Doesn't get hit himself. <laughs> oh. 
blows in the barrel to cool him down, whacks him back in his holster, turns to the whore and says, keep sucking, ma'am, and uh, finish, finish that there fella off we are, in your mouth. We're going to make a porno western. This is going to be the greatest film ever, and that's the opening scene, or the final scene. I'm not sure which. Oh, anyway. Um, now, actually, when he gets there, he says, listen, uh, I've heard some concerning rumors. Right. Uh, that you uh, that uh, you're going to do some bad things to me. They said, "No, what you know? No. Great, you we love food? it. Do you see any um, food being served? No." <laughs> he said that he heard the Signoria were planning a revolution in Florence and were going to seize all of his property and destroy him and his family. Ooh. In his own words later on, according to Machiavelli, he wrote, When I told them what I had heard, they denied it and told me to be of good cheer as they hoped to leave the city in the same condition as they had found it when their time was up. Do you know what they meant by that? They said, listen, if you have any worries... Yeah. uh, Yeah, look, if you have any worries, we're going to have a meeting of the Signoria in three days' time. Come along, sit in. Yeah. Uh, you'll see it's all copacetic. No problems. It's all good. Above board. Yeah. I, I prefer the shootout version myself <laughs> to that story, but, uh, yeah. you know, that's how... When I write the history of Florence, it'll be a shootout. But for now, that's yeah. what we've got. No, I wish we were... I wish, again, that this is where the TARDIS comes. I wish we really could have been there. Was he... Was he Neutral was he braggadocio? Was he playing it down? Because this guy is a great politician. He likes to plan things ahead. He got that from his father, and so I, he was probably playing it safe. I have no idea. But to call them on it by saying, "Oh, I heard rumors." I mean, that's a pretty bold opening move uh, to maybe to try to put them on the defensive. But like you said, they recovered nicely and say, "Nope, everything's fine. Come back in three days' time. We invite you, in fact, to come back in three days' time, and you can see what's going on, and we can talk." further about any concerns that you may have. And so that's what he's going to do. But again, because this guy is a shrewd player, he's not done quite yet safeguarding his what is his and his family. Because when he gets back to the bank, he takes Contessina, his wife's cousin. Um, I don't know how to say his name. Conti's little Little, little Cunty's cousin, cousin. Little yep. Cunty's cousin, Lupacaccio, Lupacaccio di Bardi, and he makes him the general manager of the entire Medici Bank. Um, I don't think that he can read into the future. I just think he's being a very prudent person. And again, this is another move to make sure that the bank is in somebody's hands. Heaven forbid something should happen to him. Yeah. Now, three days later, he decides, got nothing better to do, uh, he's going to attend right. the meeting of the senioria and just see what is going on. Now, yeah. I think before he left, knowing Cosimo, he left instructions. If I'm not ah. back by five o'clock, right. here is what you do, right? Um, and we'll get to what... The instructions were, yeah. yeah. But anyway, when he arrives, he is greeted at the front gate of the Palazzo della Signoria by the captain of the guard and his men-at-arms. Oh, and they were like, oh, hey. Cosimo, we have been expecting you. Come with us. We'll take you straight into the meeting. Instead, they took him right up to the top of the tower Ooh. where he was thrown into a cell 
tiny little cell right up the top of the tower known to the citizens of Florence as the Albergettino, the little inn. Yeah. Cosmo was like, oh, okay, this is a little bit small as everyone else. So we're going to all fit in here. Is this a waiting room? Uh, I'm not sure. Right. Like, uh, right. It's going to be cramped. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do we need it? Okay, yeah. but you know. Yeah. I'm at the top of a 300-foot tower. Um, uh, that's, wow, okay, I'm impressed. You're really looking out for me. But then the door closes and a key turns. Yeah, so they threw him in prison. Yeah. Now, Cosimo later wrote that the whole city rose up when they heard what happened to him, which is probably an exaggeration. I'm sure some of the city went, rich white guy in prison? It's a good start. Um, (laughs) What do you call one dead rich white guy? A good start. A But of course, he would have had he had his supporters, uh, he had his detractors. But what happened is this: Rinaldo degli Albici ordered his son and a band of armed followers to occupy the piazza in front of the palazzo, just in case anyone tried to rescue Ah. Cosimo. Now. Inside the palazzo, the signoria were freaking out over what they'd just done. Holy shit, we put Cosimo de' Medici in prison. Yes. He's done nothing. What the fuck are we doing? What is going to happen? This could be bad or good. We're not sure. (laughs) Apparently they were running up and down the stairs, renting their own clothes, pulling their own hair out. They were freaking out. But Albizzi calmed them down and they held a meeting where Cosimo was charged with attempting to raise himself above the rank of an ordinary citizen. Sounds familiar, familiar, right? Where have we heard these sorts of claims before? Um, I'm either thinking Maestas and with the the life of Thibaut. For some reason, I'm thinking Trump as well, but I don't know why. I'm thinking Julius Caesar. Mm. He's trying to make himself a king. Uh, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. But I've done nothing. Yes, you have. You were thinking it. <laughs> we can tell. Um, so, uh, you know, like Caesar, yeah. Cosimo is snatched up, accused of things, which he may or may not have been thinking or planning. Yeah. We don't know. We don't seem to have any evidence that he was planning it. Not yet. But it uh, doesn't matter. People thought he was planning it. That all that, that's all that matters. Um, Albizzi pointed to the new palazzo that Cosimo was building ah. and said, look, that, that's not the kind of house that a normal citizen would live in. Now, even though he'd thrown out Brunelleschi's original plans because he said they're a little bit ostentatious right. and he asked Michael Lozzo to come up with something a little bit less ostentatious, it was still considered too luxurious for a mere citizen and they said it was evidence that he was planning to take over the city he's building a big house for himself <laughs> oh you know what that means isn't that more he's got a lot of money well yes but an architectural crime versus a political crime <laughs> i mean i've heard of bad yeah. taste should be a crime but this is a little bit much so he was therefore declared a traitor by Albici mm-hmm. and said he deserved the death penalty and he demanded that the signoria, which he had bought and paid for, <laughs> right. 
passed sentence against Cosimo, the death sentence. This is how serious Albizzi is. He wants him dead. Do you know what this reminds me of? Because you just you just uh, brought back the Rome reference. This is for uh, for me when the brother Gracchi are killed. So you have these factions, just like you have factions everywhere else. They you you fight against each other. You try to slander the other person. You use the press or whatever. You try to get damning information on them. Whatever. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose, and you move on. And that's how the game is played. But normally the oligarchs are always going to be the ones on top. But like in Rome, now in Florence, it's literally gotten to the point where I have to kill my political enemies because we know that Cosimo, to some degree, long term, is looking to make sure that his family is safe. And you do that by by getting power. But we also know that Albizzi wants to be the tyrant. And so they're, they're both just playing the same games. But when it gets to the point where you literally, the end justifies the mean, when you have to kill off everybody that you can never lose, that you, but that it it's down to murder instead of losing. You've you've crossed the line. You've you've tipped a point. That's what happened to Rome, and that's what happened. That's what's happening, or seems to be happening in uh, Florence at this moment. The fact that this guy is trying to do this is insane. And even though these other people are bribed, the the men of the Signoria are bribed. It's still such a huge step. And even though they've got this guy's money in their pockets, they're still hesitating because he's trying to take it to a whole new level. And like you said a second ago, who in the hell knows what's going to happen once you open Pandora's box? Who in the hell can possibly know what's going to happen next? I've actually managed to track down a clip of Ronaldo Dele Albici uh, talking to the Signoria about what he wants to happen to uh, Cosimo here. Uh what? They got the shipment. What? They got the whole shipment. I want that son of a bitch dead. I want him dead. I want him dead. I'm kidding. Did with this what shipment. am I alone in this world? Did I ask no. you what you're trying to do? No, did I ask no, you what no, you're no, trying to do? Please. I want you to get this fuck where he breathes. I want you to find this Nancy boy, Elliot Ness. I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want his house burnt to the ground. I want to go to the middle of the night. I want to piss out his ass. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I want him dead. That's a scary moment in cinema oh. history. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Fucking great. So um so but they were too scared, yeah. the Signoria, to actually pass the death penalty, even though Albici demanded it. Instead, they decided to banish Cosimo from the city to five years. But meanwhile, Cosimo, crouched in this tiny little cell, doesn't know this. He thinks they're going to have him killed. Um, Not just, uh, you know, a a nice execution. He thinks they might just throw him off the top of the tower because that had been done before. So uh, he's up in this little cell, pretty sure he's going to be killed at any moment. When the jailer opened the cell door to read Cosimo his sentence, sources from the time say that Cosimo fell into a swoon. Now, have you ever have you ever been in a swoon, Ray? What what do you wear <laughs> to a swoon? Is it just a I singlet think- <laughs> and shorts? Is it more of like a top hat, top hat and tails I, situation? What's a swoon like in your I part of the world? I think it's really just 
come as you are because you never know. Like I had a swoon earlier today. It was a whiskey induced swoon and I was driving at the time. But yes, I did swoon. I think it's you just you're just wearing what you wear, whatever at the time. And don't worry about the fashion statement. It's about how you land, you know, face down or whatever. Um, We don't we don't make a big deal about it here in Nelson County. Right. So just come as you are are. swoons. Okay. good to know. Now, uh, when his brother Lorenzo, who was still in the Mugello, found out what happened, and I guess this is back to the whole, if I'm not back by five o'clock, I'm probably in prison about to be executed. He raced straight to Florence, but when he got there, he learned that the Signoria wanted him to come to a meeting (laughs) too. So he did a 180 and went back to the fortress in the Mugello. He, He yelled out. Rule number two, turned around and ran away. <laughs> Rule number two! Rule number two! And just ran away, yeah. Now, their cousin, Avocado, uh, he was in Pisa, right. looking after the family business in Pisa. He also went on the run because he learned that there were orders out to seize him. Oh, fuck. So they're trying to do a Michael Corleone. They're trying to, you know, today the today the Corleone family settles all accounts. <laughs> He's basically trying. They're trying to take out all the Medici in a single day. Right. Fuck. Now Cosimo also managed to get somehow to get news of his arrest to a chap by the name of Niccolo da Tolentino. Right. Now, who was Niccolo de Tolentino, Ray? Um, was he some kind of leader of uh, an army or, or a force of men? I don't know if they were mercenaries that were loyal to Cosimo. He was some kind of military officer, was all I gathered. I'm sure there's more to it than that. Yeah, he was. Oh, right. Yeah, there is. Well, yeah, he was, in a, he was a condottiero from uh, the, originally from the commune of Tolentino. Ah. Which is about halfway down the boot on the eastern side. Mm-hmm. Uh, Napoleon fans might like to know that this was the town where Joaquin Murat was defeated in 1815 Ooh. and forced to abdicate from his throne as the king of Naples. Uh, Tolentino, Nicola de Tolentino, had fought for everyone like a good uh, mercenary commander. <laughs> From Visconti in Milan through Joan of Naples and Florence over the preceding decade. And apparently Cosimo had him on retainer. So, um, you know, normally cities engaged these guys, uh, even though most cities were were controlled by tyrants, as I've said before. But But Cosimo had this guy on retainer. Um, uh, Maybe... Tolentino was one of the faceless men of Bravos and, and they gave Cosimo an iron coin that he could use if he ever got into trouble. Right. Just, uh, Just Cosimo said to his people before he went to the meeting of the Signoria, if I'm not back by five o'clock, send this coin <laughs> to Niccolo de Tolentino. He'll know, he'll know what right. it means. And, and he oh did. Meanwhile, Cosimo's in jail. Um, and Albici keeps trying to convince the Signoria oh. to change the sentence from five years to the death penalty. Yeah. And Cosimo's so worried that they're going to kill him, he refuses to eat 
any food brought to him in the jail cell for two years, worried two that it might be poisoned. Two days. Which, which, as it turns out, was a good decision. What did I say? Two years. <laughs> yeah, for two years. <laughs> That's how tough he is. He was kept in a jail cell and didn't eat. <laughs> yeah. Two days. Right. He refused to eat. Now, it was a good decision because apparently Albizzi had secretly paid two members of the guard to put poison in Cosimo's food. Wow. Oh, my God. He wasn't taking any chances, yeah. Albizzi. So, um... I just so wanted, uh, yeah. So I was just yeah. So so uh, Cosimo rocked up there September fourth. It's now September 9th. and like you said, Albizzi's been trying to pressure these guys, and he bought and paid for it to pass a death sentence, but they won't. And then suddenly, the bell over Cosimo's cell rings out. The Signoria is calling a Parlamento together because Albizzi is not getting his way with these guys. Maybe he can come up with another way to get rid of Cosimo. Yeah, he's going to form a parlamento. Mm-hmm. This is where you would get together the citizens to come together and vote on matters of high importance, changing the constitution, things like that, right. things that were beyond the powers of the signoria. You'd have to call all of the people together. It's basically a, a, a plebiscite. Right? You're yeah. calling the people yeah. together saying, listen, we need to make some big changes. He's calling one to basically get the people to uh, 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 sentence the Medici to death. Cosimo looks out of the window of his cell. He's got the vaca, the cow bell above his head, mooing. Right. He looks out the window of his cell, sees Albici's armed men turning away Anybody who tries to get into the piazza that is a supporter of the Medici family, Ooh. he's going to stack it with only his own people, Yeah, which, according to the sources I have, was a total of 23 people. Now, you needed <laughs> 200 people to form a parlamento. No, you needed 200 people to form a balia, actually. So that's right. what they're going to try and right. do. They're going to try and uh, vote for the creation of a balia. Um, to to uh, basically, it's a war council, I guess. Right. So anyway, um, that's what's going on. Cosimo's in prison. Pretty sure he's going to get executed, but we're going to have to find out what happens next time because we're out of time on this yeah. episode, Ray. It's all over, I think, for the Medici. I think yeah. this is it. This is probably the last I think they're all going to be dead next episode. <laughs> yeah, never hear them again. We'll move on to yeah other things. Yeah. All right. Best not miss.